All right, folks, what's happening? Once again, you've got the DLR cast, the podcast by and for fans of the mighty one, the diamond one, the birthday one today, Diamond David Lee Roth. As always, I'm Steve, along with my good friend Darren here. And yes, as alluded to, we are recording happy birthday on Dave's birthday. Happy birthday, Dave, 68 years old today, October 10th. How you doing, Darren? <laughs> uh, I'm probably doing better than Dave is doing, but it is his 68th birthday. I, you know what? I thought it was his 69th or 70th, and you're probably right. Alex is 69 and Dave is 68, right? Well, yeah, Wikipedia says uh, 1954. So does that math hold up? That and, math up, yeah. Uh, but I was thinking earlier today, I can remember... I can remember an interview or more than one interview, I'm sure, where Eddie was complaining. This is many years ago. And again, it's paraphrasing a bit where Eddie said that Dave had them lie about their ages to appear younger, I guess, early on in the early <laughs> Warner Brothers publicity days. So let's just go with 68 for now. That is nothing new. Just think of every boy band. And, oh, yeah. boy band, Hollywood actress. Yeah. I mean, so... Nowadays, I'm sure it's harder to do, but we'll just to, we'll just go with 68. So, and that's that's today's news. <laughs> <laughs> well, not I haven't looked around on social media. I, I see some fans like the Dave and Dave Unchained podcast put out a birthday thing to Dave, but I'm going to assume nothing comes from Van Halen's social media accounts that go "Happy Birthday, Dave." I have not seen anything yet. Um, first thing that showed up on my uh, Google News here was a, a nice piece, a uh, nice bio piece at, at uh, Van Halen News Desk that basically goes through Dave's life and career, which is really cool. And it came, and that's really about it. Oh, and a couple of radio station websites that have, I'm, you know, for various. Every time there's a rockers, classic rock, uh, I'm sure there's some feed somewhere that it's uh, it's Don Felder's birthday. It's who you know. I mean, whatever person fits in the classic rock bin there, and other Hollywood celebrities whose birthday it is. So, always something to talk about. And nothing from the birthday boy himself as well. So that's why I guess we have to glaze over. Happy birthday, Dave, and then move on to the next topic. <laughs> Unless two hours after we get off of this thing, there's another Van Halen cover song <laughs> well, put out there, God knows what, which I'm almost this close to being tired of talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, but before we get there, you know, we get some great comments. We do. On, on our episodes. And one of our listeners who listens to a lot of our shows has weird privacy settings on YouTube. So the thing is, the comment goes to me, and then it doesn't appear on the video, and then I can't reply to the comment. And I don't know if this listener knows that, and their name is Good Question, which, uh, Good Question, thank you for listening for a long time. Can I read what Good Question posted on YouTube? Please do so. Yeah, this was about our last episode, which was about Sammy Hagar's Rolling Stone article. There's a large chunk of it, and then Dave's latest new music. Good Question said, Hasn't Dave retired from touring? You spent the first 10 minutes putting a cart in front of a horse that doesn't exist, which is an old reference of Van Halen, ha ha ha, and continuing, and blaming it on his attention span. You all want him to do tribute shows and tour with dinosaur bands and then complain his vocals aren't cutting it when he does. I'm all for the Hagar bashing. Can't just release his shitty farking album, not my language, that is good questions language. Continuing. 
He has to mention Van Halen. Boo-hoo. Alex won't talk to me. Nobody would click the links if Van Halen wasn't mentioned and he knows it. Now, a lot to pack right there from good question. The first part is you spent the first 10 minutes putting a cart in front of a horse that doesn't exist and blaming on the attention. Now, I have to say, Dave is not retired. Uh, This comes from a mix of inside sources. I had a really we could talk about this later, but I had a really, really bad interaction with a van, with a <laughs> Roth camp person about a week ago that almost made me go, screw this podcast, let's quit, based on how Whoa. horrible this interaction was. But when they say, has Dave retired from touring? Not technically. You're, you, you'll back me up on that one? He is yeah. not technically retired. Well, I... I will back you up on that because it's it's always been curious to me what has he thrown the shoes in on <laughs> to take his weird metaphor. I mean, and you see this with classic rockers and other artists. We've retired from touring. We've retired from doing new music. Or it's a non-announcement is an announcement. Or do you know what I'm saying? I mean, yes. so there has been very few uh, complete we're done completely quitting. You just kind of, you know what it reminds me of a lot, and I'm sure we'll see this with other rockers. No, Gene Hackman never announces retirement. Right. He hasn't done a movie in 20 years. Presumably, he's still alive. He yeah. just, I'm not going to, I'm just done. Turn stuff down and probably doesn't, after a while, you don't get offered anything, and by all intents and purposes, he's re, he's retired. I, I think you're going to see that more and more with a lot of rockers. Dave did have that weird announcement, but let's go back. What did he exactly announce? when he was throwing in the shoes and that weird Las Vegas announcement interview that wasn't an interview that it's still yeah. a bizarre, bizarre way of doing it. Number one. Yeah. And just <laughs> overall bizarre number two. And then he did the Mexico gig. Correct. And so if you go, well, cause Judas priest did a, a fake retirement thing in 2010 that they've since skewed towards, well, uh, KK Downing didn't want to do this anymore, which is totally BS. KK Downing was one of those Ace Freely things where he thought, okay, it's the world tour. It's the world tour, uh, the last tour. And right. then and then he's like, okay, guys, the last tour. And they kind of went, no, it's the last tour with you. Well, <laughs> what that's, those things? That's the thing. If you take any rocker's retirement announcement as full weight. Yeah. I've got some land to sell you somewhere. I mean, yeah. Kiss set the blueprint for this very early on with the with the final tour that wasn't. But no, that was just the that was just the that was just the end of the reunion era of, of the original members ever all touring together. So you can spin this. You can say, I mean, Motley Crue is another famous example. We're we signed a contract. We're never gonna play live again. Ever. I remember literally thinking the moment I was reading that was contracts can always be ripped up and this is a great publicity stunt as yeah. a prelude to them eventually ripping up the contract. It's better than a normal tour announcement. You have on top of that, we're unretired. We ripped up the contracts. I mean, so well, I, nev- I took that with a great- Putting a pin in that one. Motley Crue is gonna come into our conversations uh, for this episode later. Okay. So don't get all the crew <laughs> gossip out yet. Because there is an indirect tie to Roth based on the news cycle and all that. But basically, we're on the same page here where we're going. So in May of 2022, Roth did a gig in Mexico for a, I don't know if he's a billionaire, but he's a very wealthy individual who I figured out the identity of. And I'm still giving him a little more time to respond to me or out himself in some level. 
So he did that, and then he recorded these 14 songs in the studio with Ryan Wheeler, Francis Valentino, and Al Estrada. That's not retirement if you're touring and recording in some form. Yeah, it's not like although one gig isn't a tour. It, it Again, you can parse this a million ways. Retired from active, uh, actively releasing recorded efforts? <laughs> Retire. I'm going to take you to the mat on that one. A Mexico <laughs> gig is an international gig. To do an international gig, so much paperwork. Right. Basically. What I'm saying is it's, it's a, one thing that... Um, he never retired from doing live shows. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He happened to do more shows in 2022 than he did in 2021. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so, so good question said, you know, has Dave retired from touring? Not technically. And then saying, you know, you want him to do tribute shows to dinosaur bands and then complain about his vocals. Here's my take on Dave, and I want to see if you're on the same page. I think Dave can sing. He will put in the work when he wants to. It's just he doesn't always want to sing in a focused way. He wants to do the freewheeling vocal jazz, choose your improv, choose your uh, octave as you go along kind of thing. Well, and sing. Yeah, but I mean, and not to, I don't, I hate to come across as very defensive about one comment, but I mean, I've always at least maintained the fact that most people who complain about Dave's singing, it's just a default thing. They've been complaining about it for years. And and in truth, he's had some pretty, I'm sure I know he's had some bad and tough nights. But for the most part, and we've brought this up here, the most of the Van Halen shows, especially that first reunion, he was great. He was fine. For what he's been putting out, the John 5 stuff sounds fine. Uh, I bet you he sounded really good to do Mexico. I mean, he'll say when his voice, I remember when, when they got together for two songs, the 96 Van Halen reunion, that wasn't, Yeah. he mentioned in his book, it was mentioned everywhere else. I wasn't ready to sing. He wasn't, it wasn't all, this is the most, you know, this is not, he wasn't in singing shape. And yeah. I think if you're going to go into the, I thought the Van Halen cover tunes with the current line, lineup of whatever DLR's touring, not touring, one-off concert band is, yeah. he sounded fine. He sounded great. I mean, put in the context, the fact that nobody sounds like they did in 77 or 78. Yeah. That's understandable. And I thought he was fine. So I... If he, I would, if he's going to go out there to do any sort of shows, which is no indication he's going to, I would bet he's going to. Two things, two things we know to be true, he's going to sound, he's going to sound good enough. He's going to sound fine. I don't, I, and let me put a little asterisk to that when, and I cringe when I do this, but I mean the White Snake tour that ended a few months ago because the band was on david was sick coverdale coverdale did not sound good and i give my favorites a lot of benefits of the doubt we know paul stanley's vocal limitations yeah. uh coverdale the there was a short what was it, in the spring a three month two month bon jovi world tour or whatever it was yeah. Ooh, you saw the outtakes of that man that was just and you can call it from covid you can call it from health reasons but we get it if you're hitting your 60s it's a muscle that wears down you're not going to sound as good having said all that if Dave went out today sounding the way he did recording those songs at Henson Studios, those Van Halen covers, I'm happy, I'm fine, You're not. I'm not going to complain about it. But I guarantee you all the people who always do say at every message board, anywhere else, that Dave sounds like shit, are gonna, or he doesn't sound as good as Sammy, they're going to say the same thing no matter how great he sounds. So I, I think Dave shot himself in the foot with not putting up a video 
along with this recording by just having a still image and just doing the audio. They always, uh, or these days people say, you're listening with your eyes. And it's a kind of a distraction thing where I'm not saying Dave needs to be on a stage doing splits, but if he's looking at a camera and like making faces and you see his musicians around him and you see how unstiff it is, you would go, well, of course he's not, you know, sounding a hundred percent perfect. He's putting on a show. And that's what we, we always loved about Dave, the show. Well, by them just doing the audio, like what point in Dave's life really has it ever been about the audio as opposed to the visual? Exactly. And for that kind of athletic show, even at this age, what he's doing, moving around the stage, you're not a stationary target. You know, it's it's it takes it takes work. You're not just sitting there with your with your cans on under a microphone in a right in a static, sterile environment. So I, I give him the benefit of the doubt. I always kind of have. And listen, I'm a fan. I've always loved the way his voice sounded as ragged as I was thinking about this earlier. You know, 50 Rides on a Love Train, that video that I love to see various pieces on one hour's worth of Dave dancing to various vocal warm ups of the of the OJ's Love Train. When you listen to that, there's some really fun scatting and singing and what he's doing to over the top of the of the, you know, the classic Love Train song by the OJs, right? And he's he's going forward and plays. It's all warm-up stuff. I mean, this is a guy who's not self-conscious about his voice, when you think of it. Give him some credit to that. To put out basically what's essentially an hour's worth of, of pre-Van Halen show warm-ups to admittedly, as he said, one of his favorite songs in the whole, whole wide world, to the Tokyo Dome show, which there's some really rough points in there. Yeah. I mean, fine. <laughs> that's one of the things I've kind of admired. There's, he'll, he's brought it up in interviews as well. There's sometimes where the the riding hard has taken a toll, and I got to work myself back into shape. Right. Well, tying back into the earlier conversation about that bad interaction I had, you'll yes. probably go like, "Oh, you're overreacting." I do not think so because <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing the vocal tone that was said to me by phone. Oh boy. But I got a, a couple of days ago, I'm just, you know, I'm on the elliptical and I get a Facebook message from a publicist that I've done a lot of stuff through. Every now and then she feeds me a really, really big name that so she's fed me. Tommy Lee, Brandon Boyd from Incubus, KK Downing, Perry Farrell, I, I guess like the glorified solo projects. That you a big name as far as somebody who's making some news that she rep that this person represents, representing okay. this on their solo projects. Gotcha. And they're you know willing to talk to smaller media, so I get that. And she's been very kind and almost like a bar. You know, the bartender, you buy two rounds or three rounds, and then they give you one free. It's right on. Like gives me a big name, and then I go, okay, yeah, give me one or two of your jabroni artists that'll get no traffic. And then this transaction will continue in the future. So she messages me and goes, hey, um, have you spoken to Maria about David Lee Roth? And I go, well, a couple of months ago, I put in a request for John 5. She handles John 5. I don't think she handles David Lee Roth. She goes, no, you, sh you should talk to her. She's handling David Lee Roth. And I said, are you sure? Yeah, she's a good friend. I'm like, are you really? Are you sure that Maria is handling David Lee Roth? Yeah, I, I heard his voice on a conference call 
I heard him at the office, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll call Maria. Yeah, you really should. So I drop Maria because these days, a lot of people are not phone people. They're, they're like, text me. And if it's life or death, I'll hop on the phone for two minutes. And it's, <laughs> so I, I emailed Maria, hey, um, can I call you? Uh, I have a question. I don't want to put it in an email. And she's like, absolutely, anytime. Okay, I'll call you in 15 minutes. Call her in 15 minutes. And I go, uh, hey, Maria, it's Darren Paltrowitz, the writer. Hey, how you doing, Darren? I'm doing great. And is this about David Lee Roth? Yeah, how did you know? I, and then she said the name of the person who tipped me off. And I went, yeah, well, yeah. They told me, I can't talk to you about that. Uh, well, um, <laughs> I, I just wanted to know that there's no uh, resentment towards us, towards the podcast or the book that I'm slowly writing or anything like that. I don't want to get involved with that. Well, can you, uh, and I asked a couple of, a couple other things like, Hey, I'm not saying I want to teach. We need to talk to Dave. I just want to know that I will not talk about that. And this is a woman that I've been doing articles with for 15 to 20 years that I've on a personal level, it's been always super, super, super cordial, but it came away as this like threatening negative. We know who you are thing. And it was like, is, is Dave bugging her phone lines? Or is there specifically like a do not talk to these people edict that she got? And I'm thinking that's what happened. Because hmm. how do you go from 15 years of like immediate emails? Yeah, great. How you doing? How's it going? To I will not confirm that. And we know this person is definitely repping Dave now. Yes, she confirmed then unconfirmed then reconfirmed this conversation said and she's been john five's publicist for a long time so she's currently john five's publicist and still john five's publicist and now dave's publicist she sent out the press release about nothing could have stopped us anyway uh, it, what's the name again nothing could have stopped us back then anyway because <laughs> he changed the title <laughs> Uh, I'm bad enough with titles. I mean, it's just my own mental block sometimes with titles, for goodness sakes. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, she sent out the press release for John single on that. And then a couple of months ago, I said, hey, I'd love to interview John about that. And then she goes, yeah, sure. When's good. Here's my timing. And then I didn't hear back from uh, a, for a couple of days. And I went, hey, uh, so uh, when's good for John? She wrote back, Dave's management turned it down. And that was me going, wait, what? I was not asking to speak to Dave. I was asking to speak to John and they turned it down. Uh, what? So that was a head scratcher and I let that go. But I think this confirms that. Interesting. Well, let's, well, first, just to rewind two seconds, the name of the single is, which I will forget, I'm sure, <laughs> tomorrow. Nothing could have stopped us back then anyway. I will I will guarantee tomorrow I have a conversation with somebody who go, hey, that song, nothing could have stopped us anyhow. <laughs> but it is yeah. officially called Nothing Could Have Stopped Us Back Then Anyway. Okay, so we're not gonna we're not let's make sure we're let's make sure we're clear here. We are not in any way trying to start a rumor or put a rumor out there that John Five is working with Dave again. It could be a complete co or working with Dave currently or because let's also go back. 
John Five just recently left Rob Zombie's band, and and so the the bigger rumor on that I that I'm seeing everywhere now is he's uh, that he's going to be replacing Mick Mars in Motley Crue for future shows. Yes, that one is out there, and there was a recent photo of John Five with Tommy Lee's wife or Nikki Six's wife, one of them, and it's like top secret project, and. John Five did have that one-off single band called L.A. Rats with Nikki Six and the right. drummer that Tommy Clufados, I believe it was, who filled in for Tommy Lee on these stadium tour dates. So uh, he is in the approved Motley Crue inner circle. Well, so yeah, that rumor's gone everywhere the last like two or three days, and all the places have picked it up: Sleaze Rocks, Brave Words, uh, Blabbermouth, all the the biggest rock sites. And it's interesting because, I mean, we know that Motley Crue are definitely going to be still, that those the summer stadium dates were not the only, that was, there will be more touring from Motley Crue in the future in 2023 and apparently in 2024 as well. They're going to go overseas with uh, Def Leppard to Mexico, South America, and Europe. No knock on Mick Mars, but just from health standpoint and aging, I mean, he got the, it sounded like he got the job done, but it, it I feel bad for the guy. That spinal, those that yeah. bone fusing issue. I mean, he's not. He did not look good. He wasn't moving much at all. I mean, I gotta believe just getting him up to that onto that stage has just got to be a titanic struggle every day. Um, and that's an interesting choice. John Five can obviously do it. I think the guy can play anything and play anything and play with anyone at any time. So and he is cool doing it and look cool doing it. He's so damn talented. Um, it would be interesting to know if he's going to be doing any writing because as a one-off, I could see him going, yeah, this is kind of a cool, I'd love to do it. I love Nikki and Tommy and I'll, and I'll do these shows. You know, John Five is such an amazing writer and he's never been in a situation where he wasn't also writing new music. He's not just a hired gun guy right. to go out on a road doing classic hits. Maybe he's never, as far as I know, he's never really done that before. He's written with. He has, but not very, very often. Right. For example, he's, I don't think he was riding with Halford when he was in Rob Halford's. No, he, was he in fight. Uh, two. He was in two, right? But didn't he write with him? I'm not sure. There was one or two things where he was a hired gun. Like he's done studio things. He was on a Leonard Skinner album and he didn't co-write it. I think he was on a Ricky Martin thing. And he didn't. I thought he co-wrote a couple Skinner songs, but no, I hear you. I know where you're coming from. I mean, for the most part, he yeah. hasn't been like a guy. Yeah, he. Uh, um. Trying to make comparison, but I'm spacing you for a minute. But the thing with John Five also is, it's probably if he was to do this, and he, assuming let's say it's all true, I mean, it that doesn't preclude him from still doing uh, what's a you know been a fantastic and growing solo career. Which I saw him, I saw him pre-pandemic in a small club at live, and it was one, and it was just an one of the coolest guitar shows i've ever seen i mean i'm surprised he doesn't show up on a g3 tour with satriani someday if that tour is still is that yeah. thing is still going to ex exist in the future so so that's what we know but like i said let's go back i mean it's i think it is it fortuitous is it coincidence is it all planned i think it's very telling if uh, what you said about this publicist saying <laughs> john no you can't talk to john five but I'm not asking to, I'm I'm asking to talk I'm not asking to talk to Dave. Yeah. 
you know, you'll you'll find over time that somebody goes, oh, I'm in the market for a new blank. Who do you recommend? Oh, this person's good. Well, why would Dave have a publicist if he's retired? So this goes back to the good question, question comment <laughs> about why would you just pay somebody if you're not doing press and you're not doing anything unless it's like a line item thing that you have to pay for your profit and loss statement? Of well, I the whole thing is, I mean, just to get people, just to basically service any sort of press release or anything out there, I mean, it's certainly easy to keep somebody on reta retainer for a couple grand a month. And and when you they've got to be pressed into service, you know, they are. when yeah. you think of it, what has he done that is, I mean, all the stuff going out on YouTube and Spotify, there's been no official press on that. So there, so presumably there hasn't been, a, if there is anybody on retainer or anybody that would do him a favor, he hasn't utilized that at all. There's been right. Dave, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, it's I, not I, like, it's not like Dave is going to jump into freaking, um, you know, PR Newswire and send out a press release, you know? So. Yeah. It's, it's a head scratcher on every level. But the fact that he's using John Five's publicist, or at least John Five's publicist, who's always been very nice to me until last week, tells me that there is something brewing. Another person I spoke to in the camp, I said, hey, um, an anonymous source, uh, I said, hey, do you know about Maria being the publicist? He goes, I don't, uh, but we are having a meeting in the next week or two to talk about some stuff. So if he's retired, uh, he has a publicist. He has meetings. <laughs> it's almost like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, how Larry David has an office. And you go, I don't think you go to your office to like write comedy. I think it's just a formality to say, yeah, we have an office. But <laughs> yeah, you know, we always talk about we we so often talk about it, why and how Dave does these things about just dropping a bunch of songs out there. And it seems all unplanned. But from we know Dave always, you know, is being I hate to use the word control freak or anything that I, I don't look at that as a negative connotation. He knows exactly what he wants to do at any given time. And then he goes about and does it and execute. The results might be different than what somebody want, planned or want. But I don't believe for a second that he wakes up. Uh, you know, that he's painting all night and goes, oh, you know what? I'm going to put out a song on YouTube and call somebody to do it. There's a plan to all this, however weird it might seem. Yeah. And whatever plan he might have had last month to put out a bunch of might suddenly change because that's the plan. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to put these songs out anymore. From working with mid-level artists in my background, I know how much volume that they, how many inquiries they get on an average day when there's not an album. And every single day, I'm not just talking about one or two, I'm talking about dozens. Every day there's dozens of messages that come in about say, hey, I'd like to use this for my YouTube video. And that doesn't really warrant a response or, hey, uh, I'd love to send you this free thing. There's that kind of stuff. But then there's right. also, we'd like to use this for a compilation hey, I'm an independent filmmaker that would like to use this for free. Or, hey, would you like to collaborate? And, you know, naturally you're not going to get back to that person. But there is that kind of a volume that comes in for a mid-level artist. I put Dave as a major artist, regardless of his, his sales or his current level of activity. He does need a person or a staff to go through all this stuff to make sure that everything gets all the bills get paid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So there's no question about that. 
It's just a question if if there's if they're just playing defense. You know what I'm saying? By yeah. that? Like there's no offensive game. They're not trying trying to move the the ball down the field. They're just trying to put out any fires that happen. That's the vibe that I get from the staff. But there might be a game plan. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think there and I think there's always a plan. I was thinking back to even when you know there might be a flurry of activity. All of a sudden, that there's a New York Times piece. I mean, that wasn't Dave. I, and I also don't think it's it's ego driven because if it was ego driven, there would be there would be him giving a damn every time Sammy opens his mouth or says something, or even you know when even if Wolfgang is cryptic in an interview or anything. You know, I mean, he doesn't always. He's not necessarily. When you bring up defensive, he's not necessarily. If you ever, it seems like the quiet Dave's the quietest when everybody else is is unless it's something so big, you know, where yeah, you're gonna have to you have to, and I believe from the heart that this is my this is what I'm this is how I feel about Eddie's passing, you know, what a great trip it's you know great trip it's been, um, and just leave it at that, and or, or you know the whatever mess the tribute thing was going to be or not going to be or was supposed to be or still might be or whatever. Yeah. Again, there's a plan to it. The execution might be a little bit weird where you go, I have no idea what he said in three hours with Joe Rogan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or I have no idea what he means by that, by having pink and three other, do you know what I'm saying? Or throwing in the shoes. How, do you get my, So there's a plan to all this stuff, however haphazard it might look. There, oh, I, I still don't know if there is a plan because I, I, I'm, I didn't really like the album concept of the Roth project. It, 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 it was definitely too ambitious. The graphic art, the graphic comic. Thing. Yeah, it was definitely too ambitious for for us, for the people who liked Edaman Smile and Skyscraper. It was it was too smart. It, it wasn't what we asked for. But I think that if they took a little time to explain what it is, if he did a little press behind it, or if there was a press release with quotes about it that explained the whole thing, it might have worked. Right. Again, that is the execution. That's the stuff that always drives me crazy. I know it drives you crazy as a yeah. guy who deals with publicists. Somebody, myself, who's a publicist, I've done product management, I've done, but it's all the loose ends. It's all the other things. And, and above all of those things, above my profession, above anything else, is that I'm a fan and I always go back to, God, what I would, and it, I'm like this all the time with almost all my favorite bands. It's like, they did all that, but boy, I would have loved to have seen this. Doesn't mean I'm unhappy with the product. It's like, there could have been more. And with Dave, there's so many loose ends and so many things there could have been. Like you, like you brought up, you would have loved where there would have been some sort of video footage, right? Yeah. I would have loved to, it doesn't even have to be necessarily a physical package to buy. I get it if you don't want a, a physical package. I don't believe there needs to be any vinyl coming from Dave on any of this stuff. Um, Maybe some collectors but at least put in some sort of coherent packaging with considering how well read you are how verbose you are and how good you are at these sort yeah. of things um tell us the background about these songs give us some you were getting tiny little crumbs and morsels i want the you know 
<laughs> I'm thinking of, of the Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley thing by Craig Gass. Some people like cake. Some people, you know, give us the whole pie, man. Give us more than little crumbs and morsels. I want the whole cake. You know what I'm saying? There's so much more that could be had. There's so much. I would love to be a part of those meetings or love to be brainstorming with these guys about this stuff because I've been there through all these things. And above all else, I'm a fan. And maybe and, and it comes down to, well, Dave doesn't want to do it. Okay. Okay, so the, we, we are in the diehard category, whether, whether or not we're fans or fanboys here, and the majority of the people who listen to this are fans or fanboys. If you say in the last two years, Dave put out the Roth comic project, whatever you want to call it. it he called it the Roth project, whatever you want to call it, the art comic, which had at the time like four or five new songs in that. Since then, he's put out another new song that nothing could have stopped us back then anyway. So there's been five to six new songs. There's been all the paintings, and we've gotten three songs on that 14-song live set that he taped. That's all in the last two years. That is more activity than the majority of his classic rock peers. This is yet, true. Yet Regardless the- of when it was done or what, it, as far as stuff coming out into the public, you are correct, yeah. So there's so much that he's done, that, and this is the only stuff that we are aware of, yet there's not one document, press release, website posting, anything like that that recaps that. So if you were a lazy person that just looked at Wikipedia or Facebook comments for all your news, you would think, well, Dave's doing nothing. Well, Dave's lazy. Dave's unmotivated. He hasn't created anything. And the reality is, he has put out maybe more than Sammy. <laughs> well, out more than most of your favorite classic rock peers creatively. And the fact that the last time I checked, all these live in the studio recordings were still not on Spotify. They were just on YouTube and that was it. Right. And we've joked around about this before too, but it's, there's also a truth to it. But when it comes to the John five tracks, technically, more or less, if you're talking a, a 10 track album, he's put out half an album <laughs> intermittently with no assume a no apparent strategy behind it or or anything to draw attention to it outside of just releasing it. Yeah. So it's the it's the kind of thing like the work ethic is not in any way something that you could knock. Some of the work has been great. Uh, it's. It's ranged from, you know, not the best to great. There's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of originality going on. But when you don't have that execution, what you were talking about, then it's it's almost like a why bother? Why, Why do that? So I think that that's that permanently frustrating thing where it's not like the guy's run out of ideas, but he's... He's not being good to the fan base. That's one other way you can put it. Yeah. And as we all know, as we all know, I mean, Dave's the interests are wide ranging and varied. I mean, it's yeah. it's going to be a, a graphic art sort of comic, whatever online comic graphic novel sort of thing. And then it's going to it's going to be paintings. I mean. For the longest time, we were so used to these uh, to different cartoons coming out during the pandemic all the time. And then there was these great, gorgeous, wild paintings. And then nobody can figure out where where that whole thing about Eddie's guitar came from. I mean, that was just again, 
the execution. There's some missteps there that are definitely cringeworthy. So I hate to think, however, when we bring stuff up like that, that whoever might be listening to this thing that might even be, you know, remotely six to eight degrees of separation or closer that, Jesus Christ, don't talk to those guys at the DLR cast. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, who, we're who, being who, honest who, about who, right. I, I will take the fall for that, that I can be very critical about Dave, but I can also- Hey, same here. But I can also celebrate his genius and I will defend him in every conversation if it's an outsider that I don't think is a diehard fan. If it's somebody who just likes jump, I will endlessly defend Dave. But when it's somebody who, who knows these inner workings or has been following it, then I'll be very critical because I don't think that, I don't know if we're 10% of the, the Roth fan base even. It, it's probably less than 10% of the fan base that really cares about this intricacy and you could say most bands that's the case like fish and the grateful dead aside although let's be honest how many millions of fans of the grateful dead have yet they only had one top 40 hit on the billboard charts so <laughs> you, you never know with in terms of sales volume like fish is one of the biggest bands possible in the touring world and they only have one gold record so you go how did 8 million people see him on tour this summer and they only have one album that sold over 500,000 copies. Hey, that's word of mouth. And before the internet, it worked for the Grateful Dead tape trading. You build a brand by word of mouth. I mean, that's how Van Halen first started. That's how yeah. you first started playing backyard concerts that kept growing and growing because of word of mouth, right? I mean, you don't need to, you don't need to have a hit record to draw a lot of attention, especially, uh, especially nowadays where you have a legacy fan base that just needs to find out about this stuff somehow. You're not going to hear it on the radio. These guys aren't going to get airplay. There's, I mean, but it's really going to be about it's really going to be about reaching that fan in different ways. Do a cool video. I mean, I brought up Bruce Springsteen last time, but he, he the gospel he, covers. Thing. Yeah, so he does this this great soul cover. But before there was a three and a half minute video of him out there, you know, him talking about why he was recording the why this album's coming out. It was a it was basically him making a, an announcement. It was really cool. He's sitting there in a t shirt talking about it. I mean, yeah, one camera shot. That's it. Three and a half minutes. I totally love that. I'm like, this is what I want to see. My when. When bands, you know, several years ago, it wasn't the last record. It was, I think, 26. It was when Cheap Trick, the year they got uh, introduced, the year they got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they put out that Bang Zoom Crazy Hello album. And there was a series of videos out there, about two to three minutes each, where they talked about basically the genesis and a little about each song on the record. Right. Man, I love that stuff because that's the stuff I love to read in your classic rock magazines out there about these guys talking about the music. That's one of the things I think is awesome. It's always historically always been missing from Dave and his, especially his solo stuff, talking about the actual music. That's something I want to do more here on this podcast. I mean, it's, you know, I want to, what's behind the songs? What's the genesis of it? What, you know, who played what on it? I mean, it's yeah. you get little more little bits and pieces and then you got to figure out the rest on your own if you're lucky that's one angle of it another one of it i'm putting you on the spot here have you seen the guns and roses music video that came out in the last week for the uh you should be is it you could be mine or you should be mine i think it's you should be mine <laughs> i think it's you could be mine <laughs> i think it is you could be mine uh edit that one no i'm kidding did you see this you could be mine music video that they just put out for the Use Your Illusion box set? No, but I'm going to look for it as soon as we get off of this thing because I'm a fan and that box set looks amazing. Well, they took footage 
I believe the audio is from live from the Ritz in New York City in 91. The performance, Axel's had much better nights. Uh, you hear a couple of bum notes in there, but they cut together all this 1991 footage and HD'd it up and put it together in such a way that you watch and you go, cool. I've never seen this footage before, especially at a pro-grade level like this. I This is why I love Guns N' Roses. Now, in the case of Dave, if you took a decent a decent to amazing soundboard from the Little Ain't Enough tour, the Skyscraper tour, and they just took all the raw footage and they just cut together a new music video of old footage. And yes, he's doing the, the, the slow jump kick and it's in a different outfit and it wasn't during that song, fine. But there's no reason they couldn't do that kind of stuff with what's in the archives because we do know that they did pro shot they did pro shoot a show on the uh, on the Edom and Smile tour. They did the NHK Japan special on the Skyscraper tour. Right, this is there, and it would be great. And what's the expense besides hiring the editor to do this? Whether it's Dave or it's Warner Brothers. Hey, if you're gonna sp- if you're gonna spend a lot of money making the No Holds Barbecue video back in the day, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drop a couple grand on on putting together a cool video like that. Yeah, why not show him at his absolute coolest so that when you want to tell people, hell, oh, wait, you don't know more than just like Paradise and Jump? Wait, check this out. This guy was the best. And then you have those things of him at his peak, him when he was at his most influential. Like these are these are inexpensive tools to have at your disposal that helps rewrite history. Because if you notice, if we talk about KISS, Endlessly KISS, they don't tend to put out a lot of stuff from the, say, 1987 to 1995. It's kind of like, it goes from kind of lick it up to the reunion tour with Ace and Peter. Like, this stuff didn't happen. They've, you know, this is us at our best. This is when we looked cool. This is when the crowds were the biggest. Yeah, Kiss is an interesting thing because they celebrate in their quote unquote celebrate. I mean, for instance, there's a couple tent poles, I think, in each era. So like Creatures yeah. of the Night, they always spoke of is that being the big return, you know, the big return, you know, where they found their rock roots again, even though that record didn't do as well as the next one, Lick It Up. But there's a gorgeous and amazing Creatures of the Night box set coming out that is as deep as anything Kiss has ever pulled from the balls to put together. I'd love to see a, a remastered extra tracks version of Lick It Up then because that's an even bigger record, right? But that's, they don't really even talk about Lick It Up that much as opposed, and let alone some of those other records afterwards, right? But, I mean, but, but they are also, but they're servicing the fans. These soundboard releases that come out of Castle Donington or whatever it was, or this yeah. reunion show, whatever, and some of this older stuff, I'll give, give Chris, give Kiss credit where it's due. They still are feeding stuff out there, even if it's stuff nowadays. Surprisingly, they're still doing it in a digital age because the the idea, you know, the era of putting together a five DVD box set together of like, you know, history, that's gone. That stuff ends up on YouTube so quickly. You're never you're never going to recoup that expense. But to, you know, repeat myself a bit here, like what Guns N' Roses did, 
Billy Joel's Piano Man was a hit before the MTV era, but in the 80s, they made a Piano Man music video. Right. With Kiss, with that, I think that home video is called Exposed, them with the bikini. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have it, yeah. Yeah, it has, or at least for that video, they did a rock and roll all night music video, which I think it used to re-record, but it basically used scenes and footage from that video, and it was there to promote the Exposed video, but also so now MTV and VH1 could play rock and roll all night in rotation. I think that there's no reason why Dave couldn't, whether it's live or studio stuff, why they couldn't just open up the archives, find the footage that he's not embarrassed about, the outtakes, the B-roll, the slow motion jump kicks, him just being genuinely awesome, and the stuff that doesn't make him cringe, and then cut some new music videos. And I think you would actually make the old fans happy and the new fans but that would be a massive change in strategy because for basically dave has basically forsaken his entire solo career as far as paying any attention to it looking back on any of it the closest you'll ever get to that is a couple songs when he's doing when he's doing solo shows yeah so you know if that would be a huge sea change when you think of it to even let alone see something re-released, a remaster, remixed something from Warner Brothers or somebody. That would be a huge sea change for him to put out, say, you know, to give any sort of look back on the, say, the DLR band album, which, hello, John Five was all over, right? Yeah. I mean, that would be a huge, that would be a massive, he hasn't paid any attention, not in interviews, not really in anything, doesn't talk about it. I mean, again, I, it's very compartmentalized with Dave. It's like, here's, this and this is what this is what I'm you know it's all about and and his whole thing too especially the last few years as I'm the only one waving the flag for Van Halen what what was that quote I am Van Halen I, I mean Van Halen. Well, that's come up a few times he he is more protective and more interested and it pays more it, it, it's more mailbox money than solo stuff but he's more interested in in looking after that legacy as best he can or in his own way as best he can than any um you know any of his solo stuff. Yeah, so, you know, just another episode, another round of head-scratching of what could have been, and going, uh, well, if his camp was somehow listening to these episodes and going, kill these guys, we hate these guys, they could also hear, we're giving the solutions. We're, we're not just telling you the problems, we're giving you the ways to fix all these problems at minimal cost for maximum profitability. It's It's like consulting i think the dlr cast we are unpaid consultants who are being ignored i am more than happy to be a volunteer product manager or consultant i will fly on my own dime to la uh i can go visit my sister i can stay with her in santa monica and have a great time doing it dave and i can talk about the fact that we we share the same last name <laughs> and that his dad and my dad were both ophthalmologists who actually knew each other <laughs> but that's a whole other conversation uh you know, I will gladly volunteer any and all services and my time uh, to, to help out and give me a big blank piece of paper yeah. and, uh, and a Sharpie and I can come up with something for you. You will sign that David Lee Roth NDA and I, I won't fault you for that. You're not saying it, no to this. Signing it, no, indeed I do. Indeed I do. Steve, maybe we should end it there, but but, you know, hey. Uh, hopefully the next episode will bring something new in some form from Dave and uh, nothing but yeah. 
Sounds that way. Pardon the crazy ass dog in the background here. So, well, fingers crossed. And whether we get new music tomorrow, three weeks, three months, never. Hey, thank you everyone for listening and tolerating us. You know. Absolutely, and thank you, thank you for even the comments that that even if you, even if you don't like it, we appreciate you listening. Good question. You meant well, and thank you for listening. Good question. And if there is more news, we'll talk about it. We'll certainly speculate about it. And one thing I wanted, you know, what just as looking ahead a little bit too, I I always think I always play this fantasy band league in my head as far as who I would like to see play with Dave, and that can be a separate episode because I've always had some ideas, but not only ideas, it's just kind of some questions as well. And it's no knock on current guys. It's just again, is it? Is it strategy? Is it purely artistic bent? But his choices, as far as who he plays with, given as as again, I'm not downing it. Just makes me question and wonder some things. So I'd love to chat about that next time. Next time, if we got no news, well, fantasy booking, we shall do. <laughs> All right. <laughs>